Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of pericarditis from the cardiovascular section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 58-year-old woman with a past medical history of systemic lupus erythematosus presents to the emergency room for sharp chest pain. She reports that it is worse with inspiration and gets better when she leans forward. On physical exam, there is a friction rub that is loudest when she leans forward. An electrocardiogram shows widespread ST segment elevation. This is a case of pericarditis. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with a brief introduction and clinical definition. Pericarditis is inflammation of the pericardium characterized by sharp pain worsened by inhalation. In terms of the etiology, there are four main types of pericarditis. Serous pericarditis, fibrinous pericarditis, hemorrhagic pericarditis, and constrictive pericarditis. Serous pericarditis can have autoimmune disease as a cause, along with uremia and viral illnesses. Autoimmune diseases include systemic lupus erythematosus and rheumatoid arthritis. The main viral illness includes Coxsackie virus. Fibrinous pericarditis can be a complication of myocardial infarction one to three days after and several weeks after the MI. The pericarditis that occurs several weeks after the MI is called Dressler syndrome. Other causes of fibrinous pericarditis include systemic lupus erythematosus, uremia, and rheumatic fever. Hemorrhagic pericarditis has two main causes, tuberculosis and malignancy. And finally, constrictive pericarditis has three main causes, radiation therapy, viral illness, and tuberculosis. In terms of the pathogenesis of pericarditis, pericarditis is inflammation of the pericardium and can cause chest pain. Movement of the heart can cause friction between two pericardial layers, producing a friction rub. And the inflammation in pericarditis may also cause a pericardial effusion. In terms of the prognosis, pericarditis can be acute or chronic and may recur. Viral pericarditis is usually self-limited. Let's now move on to the clinical presentation, including symptoms and physical exam findings in pericarditis. Symptoms include sharp, pleuritic chest pain that is worsened by inhalation. The pain is also relieved by sitting up and leaning forward. Shoulder pain or referred pain can occur because pericarditis is innervated by the phrenic nerve. Physical exam findings may include fever, friction rub, and Kuzmal sign. Friction rub is definitely pathognomonic, and Kuzmal sign is seen in constrictive pericarditis, where there would be an increase in jugular venous distension on inspiration. Let's now discuss the diagnostic imaging of pericarditis. Echocardiography is indicated to assess for pericardial effusion and cardiac tamponade. Radiography is indicated to rule out pneumonia or other pulmonary pathology. In terms of findings on radiography, constrictive pericarditis may have pericardial calcifications on radiography. Moving on to diagnostic studies including lab studies of pericarditis. The main diagnostic findings on lab studies for pericarditis include increased erythrocyte sedimentation rate, increased C-reactive protein, and may have an increased troponin I. Electrocardiogram findings would show PR segment depression in most leads except the AVR lead where the reflections are opposite of all other leads. Lead 2 may show the most pronounced depressions. Note that there would also be widespread ST segment elevations. Upright T waves would be seen weeks after pericarditis and this will become inverted T waves. 
Also note that classic ECG signs may be absent in uremic pericarditis. In terms of making the diagnosis, pericarditis is diagnosed based on clinical presentation and ECG findings. In terms of the differential diagnosis of pericarditis, the following two differentials should be a part of your list. Cardiac tamponade and the distinguishing factor is pulsus paradoxus and Beck triad on exam, and myocardial infarction, where the distinguishing factor is more focal ST segment elevations on ECG, suggestive of anatomic damage. Let's now talk about the treatment of pericarditis. Conservative treatment, including restriction of exercise, is indicated for all patients. Medical treatment, including NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, is indicated as a best initial therapy. Drugs include indomethacin, naproxen, ibuprofen, and aspirin. Prednisone is indicated for patients with pain refractory to NSAIDs and colchicine is indicated as an adjunct therapy to NSAIDs or steroids. In terms of non-operative treatment, pericardiocentesis is indicated in patients with pericardial effusion or cardiac tamponade. And finally, dialysis is indicated for patients with pericarditis from uremia. In terms of complications of pericarditis, pericardial effusion and tamponade are the two main complications of pericarditis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 62-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with a two-hour history of sharp chest pain. She says that the pain is worse when she inhales and is relieved by sitting up and leaning forward. Her past medical history is significant for rheumatoid arthritis, myocardial infarction status post-coronary artery bypass graft, and radiation for breast cancer 20 years ago. Physical exam reveals a rubbing sound upon cardiac auscultation as well as increased jugular venous distension on inspiration. Pericardiocentesis is performed, revealing grossly bloody fluid. Which of the following is most specifically associated with this patient's presentation? 1. Malignancy 2 myocardial infarction, three, rheumatoid arthritis, four, uremia, or five, viral illness. And the correct answer choice is answer choice one, malignancy. This patient with pleuritic chest pain that is worse on inhalation and a friction rub most likely has pericarditis. The bloody fluid suggests that this patient has hemorrhagic pericarditis, which is associated with malignancy. Remember, pericarditis is inflammation of the pericardium that classically presents with sharp chest pain that is worsened by inhalation. Pericarditis can be subdivided into serous, fibrinous, hemorrhagic, or constrictive forms. Serous pericarditis occurs when the pericardial space is filled with serous fluid and often happens in autoimmune diseases. Fibrinous pericarditis occurs with deposition of fibrinoid material on the pericardial surfaces and can occur after a myocardial infarction. Hemorrhagic pericarditis occurs when the pericardial space fills with blood and can be seen in tuberculosis due to infection of the pericardial space as well as malignancy. Finally, constrictive pericarditis occurs when the pericardial membrane scar and classically occurs after radiation therapy. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. 
Answer choice two, myocardial infarction is associated with development of fibrinous pericarditis or Dressler syndrome. However, this patient has hemorrhagic pericarditis. Answer choice three, rheumatoid arthritis is associated with the development of serous pericarditis. However, this patient has hemorrhagic pericarditis. Answer choice four, Uremia can lead to development of either serous or fibrinous pericarditis. However, it is not classically associated with hemorrhagic pericarditis. And finally, answer choice five, viral illness can be associated with either serous or constrictive pericarditis. However, it is not classically associated with hemorrhagic pericarditis. In summary, hemorrhagic pericarditis is classically associated with malignancy or tuberculosis infection. Next question. A 56-year-old man comes to the emergency department complaining of substernal chest pain that radiates to the left shoulder. Electrocardiogram demonstrates ST elevations in leads 2, 3, and AVF. The patient subsequently underwent catheterization with drug-eluting stent placement with stabilization of his condition. On post-operative day 3, the patient experiences stabbing chest pain that is worse with inspiration, diaphoresis, and general distress. His temperature is 98.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.1 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 145 over 97 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 110 per minute and respirations are 23 per minute. EKG demonstrates diffuse ST elevations. What is the best treatment for this patient? 1. Aspirin 2. Atorvastatin 3. Lisinopril 4. Needle thoracotomy, or 5. Surgery. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, aspirin. This patient's presentation of pleuritic chest pain three days following an MI or myocardial infarction, along with diffuse ST segment elevations on EKG, is consistent with post-infarction fibrinous pericarditis, which is managed with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs such as aspirin. Remember, patients with MI are at risk for a variety of cardiac complications, one of which is acute pericarditis, which is usually transient and self-limited. The presence of a pericardial friction rub is diagnostic, and other clinical signs include pleuritic chest pain. The management of acute pericarditis is to administer additional NSAIDs in addition to the daily aspirin for prevention of future MI for 7 to 10 days. Acute pericarditis should be distinguished from Dressler syndrome, which is believed to be an immune-mediated process that occurs weeks to months following an MI. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, atorvastatin, is a statin drug that is also used in the medical management of acute MI, but it is not indicated in acute pericarditis. Answer choice 3, lisinopril, is an ACE inhibitor that is used for hypertension management. It is also one of the drugs used in the medical management of an acute MI rather than the treatment of acute pericarditis. Answer choice 4, needle thoracotomy, is indicated in cardiac tamponade with hemodynamic instability, which presents with the Beck triad, hypotension, jugular venous distension, and muffled heart sounds. This patient's symptoms are more consistent with acute pericarditis. And finally, answer choice 5, surgery, may be indicated in situations such as papillary muscle rupture or intraventricular septal rupture, which are complications that can occur following an MI. However, this patient's symptoms are more consistent with acute pericarditis. 
In summary, acute pericarditis presents with pleuritic chest pain and friction rub one to three days following an MI or myocardial infarction. It can be managed with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as aspirin. And that's all for this review about pericarditis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.